just start. Like, don't think that you don't have a, a way in. Like, just get started and do what feels authentic to you. And there's always going to be an audience for that. Welcome back to another episode of the Witch Live podcast. My name is Layton. Our first sponsor today is Il Primo Espresso Cafe. El Primo has an extensive menu of food and drinks, so if you want to cool down the summer with an iced coffee or keep it hot, they've got you covered. Stop by their location at Woodlawn and Central or downtown on the first floor of the Epic Center. Today's guest is Vanessa Whiteside. Vanessa is the creator behind One Delightful Life and author of 100 Things to Do in Wichita Before You Die. We talk about her journey as a blogger, writer, and influencer, as well as what it's like to write a book. Make sure you head to one of Vanessa's book signings or pick up her new book today. Enjoy my conversation with Vanessa Whiteside. All right. I'm here with Vanessa Whiteside. How are you doing, Vanessa? Doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I'm a native Wichitan, um, now book author, a longtime writer slash sometimes journalist. Um, <laughs> no. Um, no, I'm just a proud Wichitan. So did you have you been in Wichita the whole time or did you move away for a period of time? I think that's the, the common theme I hear is people moved away. Yeah, no, that's a good question. And I wonder what you hear. Um, I bet you hear that a few people moved away like me. And for whatever reason, they had a compelling reason to move back. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that twice. Um, good luck getting me to, to leave again. <laughs> yeah. Completely sold on Wichita. No, I did move away twice. Once for college. I, mm-hmm. I went to AU for journalism school. Okay. Um, and then I moved to Colorado after seeing the mountains for the first time. Yeah, that's I, reasonable. I had to go, just like the saying says, um, I had to go. So I was there for three years, but then I came right back. For sure. Yeah, I think if we were going to move somewhere, we always say we'd move to Colorado Springs. We have, I do have some uh, some family, some cousins, aunt and uncles there, uh, but also we just love the mountains. Love. It's like just far enough. You don't have to drive like hours into the mountains. You're like right on the edge, but you kind of get the beauty of it. Yeah. Sure. No, I completely get that. And part of me just wants to convince you to never say those words again. <laughs> However, I completely understand. The oh, we, we, we will never move, but if we did, that's where we'd go. So, okay, gotcha. <laughs> um, so where did you go to high school at? Oh, Wichita Southeast. I'm a proud golden buffalo. I don't think we've had many golden buffaloes on the podcast. So I like to get a, a wide array. Yeah. It's been funny. There's been a, a disproportionate number of uh, North High. I don't know what their mascot is now. Former Redskins. Uh, where right. There's a lot of North High alum. So it's, I, I like to get a spread. Yeah. Southeast. Good. And if you're a female, you're a lady buff. Okay. There we go. Now I know. The more you know. Yeah. Um, so you were into journalism in college. You majored in journalism. Uh, what was your goal? Did you want to go work for like newspapers? What was your dream? Oh, this is such a good question. Nobody has asked me this lately. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I got my start in high school journalism and I worked up my the ranks like from like freshman reporter to editor in chief my senior year. So by the time I was ready to graduate, I was just chomping at the bit to go work for any print publication, which at the time was like the norm. Sure. Um, there was like no digital. Sure. <laughs> there wasn't social media at the time. <laughs> so, um, so I really like telling stories uh, in written form. So I wanted to go into magazine journalism. So I pursued that at KU. Oh, very cool. And then what was your first job out of school then? Sure. So out of school, gosh, I actually came home um, to Wichita for a while and like 
thought maybe I want to be a journalism teacher. And then I got sidetracked by those mountains. So there was like a little (laughs) detour thing happening. Um, But all along the way, I was, um, you know, I took whatever writing opportunity came to me. So if someone said, hey, you might be good at writing this like this like little column or making our newsletter, I would do things like that until I finally arrived at like doing other um, like permanent journalism related things. Yeah. Did you have a favorite kind of gig along the way? Was there like a certain publication you really enjoyed writing for or anything? I think, <laughs> I think any publication that let me tell the story of the human experience was like my favorite. Sure. I mean, I'm just telling the human story. And so like, even right now you're interviewing me and I'm thinking about like the questions, <laughs> like the story. Oh, I can't, sure. I can't turn it off. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, my favorite thing to do. And, you know, with this book and with the, the work I've been doing lately, it's like, that's really what it comes down to is I'm, I'm getting to know people better and like why they do what they do. And then how we get to have all these great things to do because of these great people. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, that's a big reason why I do this podcast. I think a lot of it is it's cool. I, I love that. I get to kind of, I mean, hopefully amplify some of these stories to, so people that may not have otherwise heard them, not that this is a huge platform. Um, but at the end of the day, like if one person or no people listen to this, at least I'm getting to meet you. And it's like, it's cool to yeah. like, hear more about your story. Like we've seen each other at a lot of events lately, but I don't really know your story. So it's cool to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you. Yeah. I feel the same about you. Like I've seen you around. I'm very aware of like all the hard work that you put in, but at the same time I'm like, Oh, I don't really know Landon. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, that's why I love doing these podcasts. You should start a <laughs> podcast. You could tell the stories even more. <laughs> I don't know. Like people keep telling me that since I have the story journalism background I'm like do I have time for that like how time consuming is it and like am I ready I don't know I mean, it could be as little or as much as you want like this is a zoom I mean there's better quality stuff you could do you could ratchet yeah. it up but you could literally like we're recording this on zoom immediately after this you could just not edit it and put it on youtube if you wanted to and you could be done that could be your podcast so I mean I can do that <laughs> exactly the bar is not too high so you, and you can ratchet it up as you want but yeah so not too bad um, you're doing a really good job. So I need to find my, like my own niche, you know, oh, thank you. I thank think you. about this for a minute. It, if you, I mean, yours is kind of all over. I mean, one delightful life, you're kind of going all over Kansas. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of opportunities. Yeah. I honestly don't even know like how that happened, but when it did, I was glad for it. And you're not the only person to say like, you're doing, you're like the Kansas blogger, which yeah. I very much appreciate because there are several Midwestern and Kansas writers that, that focus on um, the state, sure. but um, it's nice to hear that. Um, and I just, one opportunity led to the other. And before you knew it, I was like, oh, I've got like 30 underneath my belt. Well, you know, let's sure. just go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to get into that a little bit more. So one delightful life. Tell me about the origin of that, how that got started and all that. Sure. So I was teaching high school English and journalism at Circle High School in Tawanda, Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's the job that drew me back from Colorado. And so I was living in Wichita community to Tawanda and teaching out there for about seven years. Um, and somewhere during that time, I decided that I needed to scratch that itch to do my own some kind of writing, right? So I've been writing my whole life in some form. So I just thought, well, you know, I'm going to write what I cook about. I'm going to write where I travel. And this, you know, I started paying attention to other people doing the same thing. Very saturated market, very saturated industry. So how do you differentiate yourself? I didn't even care. I was just like doing it for fun as a hobby. Right. And um, at some point I started paying attention to like YouTube videos and Pinterest pins, like, 
oh, people are like monetizing this. There, there is income to be had here. And I'm a teacher and I make like zero income right. after like seven years. Sure. So how can I like make this a side hustle? And then I figured out how to eventually do that. And um, so anyway, it worked out really well. I've been doing it for over six years now and uh, it, it became uh, passive income that, you know, has worked out in my sure. favor. Awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned a couple of things, but so what all do you cover? So I think on your website, it says a lifestyle blog. So that can cover a lot. What, how do you break that down? Do you look at it as kind of all encompassing or do you focus like, okay, this week I'm going to write, maybe focus on travel this week. I don't know, food or whatever it is. You're so good to think that I write something every week. I do not. <laughs> whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like. I, I, I shoot for two podcasts a month and it's like two podcasts every other three months or something. Yeah, so I mean, honestly, like we have day jobs, so we have to like be like realistic about this. Right. So, um, the short answer is I do the best I can and I try to cover as much ground as I can. It became a lifestyle blog because I was writing about food and travel and like best practices for a good good daily life. Hence one delightful life. Every sure. make it the best of every moment. At some point I just kind of like, Oh, everybody's calling it a lifestyle blog. So that's what I'll call it. Sure. Well, uh, along the way I kept getting offers to do paid travel or sponsored travel of some sort. And I realized it's really evolving into travel. I mean, I don't even know why I have the food recipes up there anymore other than I just can't <laughs> bring it down because right. I work so hard on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, sure. You know, yeah. And at this point, I'm just like, well, maybe I'll blog about a recipe next Saturday. And then I never do. So sure. it may end up being a different uh, subtitle, but I think it will always be one to life life because it still applies. No, I love that. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I think it can apply to so many different things. So you said people started reaching out to for paid travel. What what does that look like? Are they paying like, is it like you get a flat rate and then they cover like hotels or whatever? What does that look like? Sure. So in my um, experience, it has been that you have to prove yourself. And so someone early on said you need to make a, uh, another blogger said you need to make a media kit if you really mm-hmm. want to sell yourself and pitch to, to brands, to companies, hotels, sure. visitors, bureaus, whomever. Um, I did that. And so that's all dependent upon website clicks, followers and all your platforms and all that. And so I worked really hard to develop content that wasn't paid that I, that got those numbers that decent. Right. Mm -hmm. And then once I had a media kit, I felt a little bit more comfortable about pitching myself to um, chambers or CVBs or, you know, whomever. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you that um, early on, I got an, okay, like, let's do this from visit Omaha. And it was like, Oh my gosh. It's not even in my state. This is so great. Um, and to be completely transparent for how this industry goes, because I was early on in the in the process, it was for trade, right? Sure. We'll pay for your hotel. We'll meet you at the <clears> hotel. <throat> we'll give you the gift box and the um, the bag or whatever. It's going to have yeah. your vouchers in it for the zoo and for the restaurants and all the things. And I was like, it's pretty and awesome. Yeah. And I get to write about it. No problem. Fast forward to actually want to make a lit like some living out of all the hours I'm putting in when I come home. No, I get that. Yeah. Hours of writing and you know how this goes. Oh yeah. um, You can't can't pay your your rent or your mortgage with uh, gift cards to a restaurant in Omaha. Exactly right. And I think there's a, and I completely respect it because that was me for a while, but there is a point where you have to ask yourself as a paid freelancer, like what's my tipping point here? And if I keep, up, it only makes it harder for people in my industry trying to do the same thing, right? For We're sure, trying yeah. to deliver a message that we deserve to be 
compensated no, I financially yeah. for what we do, not just given coupons and discounts and gift cards. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, especially if you're going to drive your car to somewhere really far away. Right, right. So um, that um, that was my first one, and then you know eventually I um, I just kept pitching, and I got some more local things, which developed into more like statewide. Yeah, job. yeah, for yeah. sure. How has it, besides obviously kind of switching from maybe the food recipes to more travel stuff, how else has the blog kind of evolved or changed over time? You know, one thing that hasn't changed is that it's always included my opinion, which I'm proud of. Good. Yeah, yeah. I am a, I come from a place when I'm in a, in a restaurant or a new town that I always, you know, again, back to that one delightful life is like, what's the best thing that's happening here? What's the good thing I can have? And that does, or you know, report yeah. on it. Doesn't mean that it's, you know, my food didn't take a long time to come to the table or everything wasn't perfect. It's just that it's, you know, here's the the best experience you're going to have. And I want to present it in the, in, in the light that I can, that's positive. Right. So it's always included in my opinion. Ways that it's changed is that I think it was like more, I'm more adventurous now. Like I think back to yeah. some of the things I did in the last year where I was solo traveling and I would never have done that before. Yeah. Like jumping sure, in, yeah. in my car and dra- driving hundreds <clears throat> of miles alone to places that were like, if it wasn't for Google Maps, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Where's is, where is the farthest place you've gone? I mean, Omaha is like, what, four and a half or five hours? Have you gone further than that? Or is that the farthest? For the blog? Yeah. It's just Midwestern, like just sure, surrounding sure. states okay. and stuff. I mean, I have blogged, but unpaid about like places like Mexico and okay. New York. Yeah, State. sure. Well, sure. actually, I got paid to, to blog about when I was in New York, but. <laughs> Anyway, that's awesome. No, that's, that's yeah. cool. I'm glad you're getting paid for it. That's awesome. Yeah. If you introduce yourself, do you introduce yourself as like a blogger or a writer or an influencer? What, which, what do you prefer as your, your label? Man, you're asking such good questions tonight. It's all, okay. it's all questions that I think through because we're in the same kind of industry. So you blog a lot better and more than I do, but same industry. <laughs> um, you know, honestly, and then it's like for a long time, I called myself like a, a blogger. And then when I was writing about travel lives, I call myself a travel blogger. And then I realized that, I don't know, I guess I, I belong to these Facebook groups and stuff. And I talked to other people in the industry and they're like, something about bloggers has like a negative connotation to it. And I don't know how that happened other than maybe there were some like people that were being not authentic or sure. not true to the to what they were doing. So I realized that I wasn't really writing about food anymore. So I call myself a travel writer because that's yeah. what I'm writing about. Sure. And for whatever reason, I feel comfortable with that and it seems to be well-received. So Sure. Well, it's funny because it's like all of those things can kind of basically be the same thing, but there is kind of like almost a hierarchy, like whatever. Writer is probably like towards the top, maybe bloggers a little bit lower, like influencers, like the bottom rung for whatever reason, whether or not that's a agreeable right. or, not, or not, it's like. Okay, if you if you have influence, there's nothing wrong with it. if you've earned that influence and like people read your blog and you can kind of influence what they're doing in a good way. I don't know. Exactly. It is funny how that works, but it is like even to me, I'm like people call me an influencer. I'm like, I mean, I guess because this is like whatever because Instagram's like the largest of the platforms I'm on, but like I do a lot of other stuff other than that. That's not. But Landon, like you don't realize you're an influencer after a few things happen in a row, like like multiple times, like if if someone reaches out to you, like they DM you on social or whatever, they're like, I did this because you told me, or you wrote about this, or you said this. 
and then it converted into dollars spent in a local business. And you're like, I guess I'm a new influencer, yeah. right? And, and if that's what it means, yeah, it's like, I love that. Cause that's what literally yeah. what it's all about. So that's, yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Of all the platforms, whether it's blogging on your website or social media, what are you, where are you most active? And then what do you enjoy the most? Well, I'm a social person. Um, my eighth grade English teacher called me a social butterfly at her desk one day and mm-hmm. told me to sit down and start getting back to work. <laughs> so I would say social media is where I have the most fun mm-hmm. because I can uh, instantly share information that brings value to people, whether it's like telling them something that they could do. Like last week I was in Winfield mm-hmm. and so people are like, oh, I haven't thought about going to Winfield. It's less than yeah. an hour here lately. Um, so social fun. And, you know, I love taking pictures. I have some experience in photography, taught photography for a while. So I love showing that those images off in the video sure. off stuff. The writing is like when you get down to brass tacks, like when you've got to sit down <laughs> and go through your itinerary that you went through and your right. notes, and you've got business cards that people handed you and you're like, all right, let's do, do the that. work. Yeah. It's, that's serious work. And I, and I do take it serious. It's not just like something I just, you know, cram out and then I'm like, okay, it's uh things for the pay, you know, things for the check. Like right. I, I take it personally. So. Oh, for sure. And you mentioned this is still kind of a side hustle. Or do you do have a, a real job? That's what I always say. My real job is at Coke, but uh, do yeah. you do this full time or is this a side gig still? Um, I feel like it's becoming like, it's definitely 50, 50. Nice. For sure. Yeah. Right. Ask me today. It's 50, 50, 50. Um, you know, when I quit my office job to go out on my own and establish that LLC, you know, the idea was that the social media marketing, social media marketing that I do for small businesses in town, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's my bread and butter money Yeah, and what I can hustle for or that comes to me as far as travel writing sure. um, is a lot of fun. <laughs> No, I get that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. You know? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. I think that's a good way to do it. I've I've done a little bit of kind of doing the social media management for a couple people in town. And that that is a lot of work to do that too. So I as far as that. that as far as that work goes, I think um it's evolving for me instead of doing so much of the daily like management. Um, you know, I've been doing social media marketing for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked with an agency before I went out on my own doing the same work. And so my experience is I have that expertise to, to be more of a strategic partner. Yeah. That, um and help you coach you per se, yeah. mm-hmm. versus like in the weeds, like answering customer service questions and for sure. And I think I don't know. I don't have any plans to get back into that side of things, but yeah. if I did, I would want to do it more like that because doing the day to day is even if you don't post every, if it's like five times a week or something like it's, it's kind of a lot of work to do, figure out the posts. And like, I don't know, you have to go take the pictures or get content from the businesses. It's just, it is a lot of work, but the strategic part, it's like, okay, I'm going to line it out for you. And this is what you need to do. Right. <laughs> just follow what I'm saying and right, it'll exactly. be successful. Yeah. For sure. One of the big reasons we are talking today is because you did write a book. So let's talk about that a little bit. What is your book about? What's the name of the book? Tell me a little bit. So it's 100 Things to Do in Wichita Before You Die. And um, it's put out by Reedy Press. So 100 Things, that series um, encompasses a lot of cities and a lot of states across um, the United States. So I was just fortunate enough to be asked to, to write the Wichita book. Um, I can't believe it wasn't written already. I don't know how it landed in my lap. I mean, I'm just feeling so, so lucky. Um, here we are a mid-sized city and I, I still can't, we have so many creative, talented writers in this town. So, um, 
but you know, there's a Kansas one that's out. It's been out for about six months earlier than mine. And okay. you know, there's, they're, they're all over the United States. just like San Francisco, sure. Michigan, the, you know, great lakes. Everywhere, yeah. Very cool. Did you ever think you'd actually like write a book? I think when I was younger, I wanted to write like fiction stories, you know, when you're young and you have such a creative mind. And if you're a writer, you know, you're inclined to be like me to write, you you make up characters and stuff. But like, I never once thought that, no, no, very lucky. Yeah. I mean, you will you write another? Oh, that's a question I get a lot. And I I can't believe people are already asking me that. (laughs) Um, I hope so. That's the best answer I can give is that I would be open to it. So my experience has been so far with this author gig life is that if you sell books, you'll be offered. It's just like anything else. You'll be sure. offered to write another, another title. And so whether it's with this uh, right. publisher or I self-publish or I find another publisher, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. Hope. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Tell me about that process a little bit. So did they just like reach out via email? Did they call you? They're like, hey, we like your travel work. We have this series. We want you to write this. Like, what was that like? And I don't know. Sure. What, what does that process look like? So the process looks like, uh, my experience was that I had done some writing for Visit Wichita. This is after mm-hmm. blogging. This is after doing writing for other people in town. Um, and a contact at Visit Wichita apparently it recommended me as a writer for this title to Reedy Press. Reedy Press emailed me, told me so, and said, would you be interested? Here's the criteria. This is the kind of person we're looking for. The criteria was, uh, in the simplest form, is that you need to be um, living there. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you're native, that you can write well, and that you have the ability to market or you have marketing experience. And so I ticked off all yeah, those no boxes. Yeah. I thought about it for like, I don't know, three minutes. <laughs> like, okay, it's during COVID. Like, can I do this? It's the tail end of COVID. It might be doable because I can get out and about. So yes, I'll do it. That's really yeah. cool. And then what is, I'm, I'm really curious, like what your personal process is like, trying to pick a hundred things to do. Like, how do you know what to leave off? What did you want to include? There's like, big things you have to include or people would riot. And then there's like hole in the wall places. How did you line that out? Well, your first instinct is to make a list like in the notes of your cell phone, just like as you're sitting there thinking about it after your day job, like, or just, you know, your thoughts when you're like sitting at a stoplight, Oh, this place, Oh, this place. And it comes to you instinctually because, you know, like me or like you, I think you said you're from here, right? Yeah. I grew up in Andover. Yep. So we're from here. So we have like, Oh, this is, you know, this is quintessential Wichita. This has to be in there. Right. Now, revising the list took a couple, you know, looks because it was COVID. You know, and part right. of the book, Food and Drink. And, you know, I, I mean, I had to be completely honest with myself. Like, is this going to be sustainable? Is this a sustainable right. business? Right, right. You know, other criteria I considered, which were important to me, the publisher does not tell you any of this stuff. They let you just do what you want. Wow. which is amazing freedom, yeah. Yeah. but you have to like bring in the parameters, right? Sure. So one for me, based on the title alone, it has to be within the Wichita city limits. Yeah. I'm not going to Andover. I'm not going yeah. to HI. I'm not going to Tanganyika. Like yeah. I'm not. not call, going yeah. And so that helps to bring it in. And then two is like, 
okay, I want to make a book that's for all budgets, all cultures, mm-hmm. all ages, family, bachelor, bachelorette. Like I had yeah. to really think about every kind of audience. And so I feel like, okay. And on top of that, are you a local and you're bored? Are you a newcomer? You've lived here two years. You know, I'm running into people out and about talking about this book and they're like, well, I've lived here two years, but it was during COVID or I came here for a job 10 years ago, but I only stay on the West side. Right. You know? And so I had to think like, okay, I've got all kinds of people yeah. in this, this pool of potential <clears throat> buyers of this book. So it was tough. Landon, it was not. Oh, I I'm excited. I have not gotten my copy yet. I need to go get it, but I'm oh. very excited to see what's in it and what's what's in it, what's not on it. I'm, I'm excited to see what you came up with. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, that's really and that's exciting. my experience. This last, um, this last, my first book signing was at a big event. It was a wine tasting, and so you see people like flipping through the book, like I am right here, and they're like, they're from Wichita, and they're like, oh, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, I've done that. And you're just thinking, oh, no, it doesn't apply to them. They don't want it because that's what you're thinking as a writer. Sure, sure, sure. I want you to want it. Yeah. Like, I love it. (laughs) No, I'm I'm very excited. I'm sure I've been to some, but I'm sure there's a lot that I haven't been to. So So then they get to the table of contents and they have no idea what this one place is or these five places are. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, I always like to pour uh, some gasoline on the East versus West debate. Because I think it's hilarious to get people riled up about that because it's not that big of a deal, but people think it is. But I grew up in Andover. Monster. You're like, right, let's exactly. go. Well, it's like I grew up on the east side. So west was like any west of rock. Like we just didn't go very far into town at all. We might go to the river sometimes, but like we never went to the west side. So it's just funny to like, I don't know, yeah. poke fun at it. But that being said, there's a lot of stuff on the west side I haven't done. So I'm excited to see. No, I traveled all sides of town just to like double down on my research to make sure what I thought was true was true. That's cool. That's awesome. You mentioned book signings. Um, The book (laughs) came out May 15th. So what do you have? You have more book signings coming up. Um, Yeah. What's that look like for the summer? So an author sets up their own book signings and I went a little crazy with it. Like I don't have a Saturday free for the rest of the summer, except for two Saturdays. Wow. In addition to that, I have some Thursdays, like at the poor house or I have a day or whatever. So you can find me at like anywhere from like the Orpheum's movie screening night to like a brewery. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Very cool. Well, I'll be sure to kind of help promote those uh, in the newsletter and everywhere else. So you get some more people out there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. One more question, and then we'll get into some kind of questions that I ask everybody. But do you have any recommendations for any like aspiring bloggers or aspiring writers? What would you tell people? Um, especially, I mean, you're a teacher, so I'm sure you did this a lot. But how, what kind of advice do you have for people? Yeah, so my first bit of advice is just start. Like, don't think that you don't have a, a way in. Like, just get started and do what feels authentic to you. And there's always going to be an audience for that. Like if it's gaming, if it's like super niche down, like, you know, like whatever it is that you find interesting, there is an audience for that. So don't just write that off. Just get started with it, whether it's podcast or blog or whatever. And then the second thing is if you're a writer, like I didn't do this early enough, like you need to hire someone to be your proof editor, you know, to proof edit your stuff sure. or install Grammarly on your computer. Like, there's just like some housekeeping things that when you're new, you just don't think about. And so 
Like really double down in those things. That's a uh, great advice, especially for somebody that writes a newsletter twice a week, because I get so many emails about how bad my grammar is. So I need oh, to, yeah. I'm at least going to install Grammarly. Uh, the, the problem is like we, I send the emails out Monday and Friday and I'm typically writing the email at 1030 or 11 PM. Yeah. So it's like, who am I going to ask to edit this but right now? People don't realize like, it's a, like, it's a grind and you're passionate about it, but you're also like trying to kick it out quickly because you're oh, for sure, the yeah. monster. The monster yeah. is the consumer, right? Oh, for and sure. And every once in a while there's a typo and, you know, people let you know. <laughs> I got one last week that was, uh, I had it's, but with an apostrophe and the email, literally they didn't say anything other than there's no apostrophe in it's. And I'm like, no. Thank you. I appreciate it, but thank you. Thanks for reading my newsletter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're a reader. Thank you. You, you proved my point. So, and then you responded. So that's an extra bonus. So, <laughs> um, okay. So now uh, these are some questions I kind of stole from like Tim Ferriss and a few other podcasts. So okay. what is something you often recommend to people? It can be books, podcasts, music, anything. What is something you often recommend? Um, getting out of your house. Yeah. I mean, I listen to podcasts just like anybody else, like when I'm working or I'm on the road driving or whatever. I don't really have one per se. I would just say like, for me, it's really important to like, even if you're going to your usual neighborhood that you just try something new, like what, like whatever small thing that's new for your brain to fire off those, you know, um, those discoveries just to do that. I love that. I love that. What is your favorite failure in any aspect of your life? I got some deep ones coming, so get ready. (laughs) I'm interested to hear what other people have said. I don't think I've listened to every podcast yet. This is usually a good one to stump people a little bit, but yeah, do they like roll their eyes and freak out? Like, okay, um, what's my what's the failure that I? What is your favorite failure? It can be in any aspect of your life. I mean, I didn't get a job right out of college that I wanted. I don't know if that was a failure on my part slash economy was horrible when I graduated KU, uh, a lack of motivation sometimes. I don't know, like not marketing myself to the right magazine publishers or whatever. Sure. I took a little while to find my path. Yeah. Um, that's okay. Because along the way I learned like, like my resilience and that I still was like true to like what I wanted to do. And I eventually got back to it. So I would say, like I, it was invaluable lessons. No, absolutely. And you'd probably be a different person had you not kind of oh, yeah. taken that other route. So that's important. Yeah. Kind of the flip side of that. What is your definition of success? Oh, if I wake up in the morning and I think I don't mind going to work today. I mean, I look forward to it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to going to work today. No, I think um, that's important. I think I've been in a lot of different uh, places in my life where it's just like, all right, I'm content with it, but I don't love it. Right. right. Or I really don't love this at all. And I'm just getting through it. Um, and I'm at that place now <clears throat> in my forties where I, I carved my own path based on my previous experiences and learning things along the way that I'm able to wake up and say, win or lose today. Like I'm good. That's <laughs> like, awesome. I, lo- I love that. Yeah. It. Yeah. That's awesome. What is or tell me about a life motto you live by, or what is some of the best advice that you've received? Oh, best advice for life motto. Um, you know, I've been writing in the books when I personalize them, stay curious, carpe diem. I think carpe diem is probably just like, you know, that Latin phrase or like seize the day. Mm-hmm. It really just applies to every moment because like you can make the best of most moments if you mm-hmm. just train yourself to have a different perspective about it. 
Yeah. It's really hard. That takes a lot of years of experience and like self-awareness. For sure. But um, yeah, I, I really like that one because it can apply to anything in any moment. Any yeah. kind of person can think that way. No, I agree. I think between that and One Delightful Life, I think you definitely, you nail that point though. I agree. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I mean, think about work tomorrow when you, when you go to work and you, you pull up your chair to your desk and you're ready to get started, you log in, like, it's just a different, like, no matter what happens today, I'm going to find something, some, something good about this day. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. What is a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, when did you write these questions? Oh my uh, God. I, I stole most of these, so I can't take credit for all of them, but. Uh, okay. So I take my work pretty seriously. Oftentimes bosses, bosses would tell me I take it like way too seriously. <laughs> so I had to find uh, a habit would be to like to take a break, to take a breather. And as a writer, you need to like completely step away from your, I'm sitting here in front of a computer where I sat all day. Like I have to get away from this environment mm-hmm. and, um, like the sun hit my face go talk to somebody, like I have to go do something else. Oftentimes I find that that actually makes me a better writer. Like I'll start brainstorming. Oh, I, I want to put that in my presentation. I want to write that for a client. So, so it helps me. So just taking those midday breaks has yeah. been amazing. No, I think, yeah, I think it definitely helps. Like you get kind of a fresh set of eyes on it later on and it definitely helps. Yeah. You've ever gone back to like what you're ready for a newsletter and you're like, uh, no, like I'm going to completely revamp that whole section. Right. Well, typically what I try to do since I write it so late and I don't have a chance to really look it over well the night before, I usually go work out pretty early in the morning. So it's like, I'll read through it once in the morning, just to like real, real quickly kind of skim yeah. through. And I'm like, oh, wow. There's like five things in the first paragraph. <laughs> yeah. So I, I do get kind of one look over at least, but yeah, that's about as the extent of the editing that I do. But We're just like brainstorming when you're driving your car and you're like thinking about like who you want to interview, what right. you want to research. It's like, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. So I just have a couple questions now about Wichita. Um, so you're the person to talk to apparently with the, the big book. So yes. what is your favorite part of Wichita or what's a hidden gem in Wichita? Mm, I think a lot of the hidden gems are when you like park your car at a park and you just get out and walk. The other day I discovered um, that like this, the mosaic tile sundial exhibit. I mean, that's just like over there. I think it's in Riverside Park. Yeah. yeah, Yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, or uh, last Friday I was over at KU Med Center uh, for first Friday, uh, you know, art art gallery crawl. Mm -hmm. Um, We were leaving the parking lot. I said, wait, stop the car. Take me across the street, Caddy Corner, uh, Ninth in Minnesota right there. There's a art exhibit. Uh, It seemed to be fairly new and it's about African-American history and connecting from the Dunbar Historic Theater, different part of the neighborhood, pulling the neighborhoods together. You know, you don't, um, I think for hidden gems, like I'd easily say, oh, go to this one place. Sure. Lots of places in the city like that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a ton. You have to be like, be willing to go like drive over to them. They're there. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you are familiar with Rolf Potts, but he grew up in Wichita as well. And he's kind of like a world renowned, best-selling world travel author. Um, He wrote Vagabonding. But so I interviewed him early on, probably like four years ago now. But his thing was like, no matter where you're at, you need to kind of explore explore wherever you're at, like uh, kind of like you just mentioned, but like you're uh, like a tourist or like, there's no reason you shouldn't act like a tourist and go visit or walk around Wichita. Like you would, like right. if you went to Europe and you're going to walk through and 
try out all the coffee shops and try out the different shops and the food yeah. places and everything else. Like there's no reason we shouldn't treat Wichita like that. Cause like we were just talking about, I, I'm an East sider. There's a ton of places on the West side. I could go spend days or weeks and still not hit everything. So it's like, why am I not exploring that? Like I would, I know. And you were kind of on the North side. So like take advantage of that North end. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Or, um, you know, go South of Kellogg. Right. And that, and, uh, just, you know, park your car and go in and eat somewhere that you've never eaten before. Yeah. That's how I discovered some of the places that are in the book. That's awesome. I love that. Is there anything you wish Wichita had that it doesn't? Or what would you improve about Wichita? Yeah. So you are asking a question I've been getting a lot in the last week. Okay. I've really like thought about my initial answer. So I still hold true that Wichita needs another amusement park. Okay. I feel like we need more family-friendly outdoorsy places. So that would also include like a big complex. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for the things that Exploration Place is about to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is a nod to like the gathering place in Tulsa. Sure. You haven't been there? I haven't been there, but I've I've looked into it more because I agree. I think Wichita needs something like that. Yeah. I'm excited for Pickleplex. I saw you wrote Mm -hmm. wrote about that in your newsletter. Yeah. Um, there's something happening in Derby, although that's not the Wichita city limits per se. Sure. No, but that, that stuff's cool. And it, just a side note, Derby is exploding. It's really cool to see. Cause like, again, growing up in Andover, there's nothing in Andover. There's schools and there's like two restaurants. Derby, there's, it's its own little thriving community and it's cool to see all the different stuff. But yeah, regardless of it's, you, yeah. Did you not go to the Andover festival? Uh, anytime now. It's the, amazing. Like greater Andover days? Yes. Oh, I haven't been in a few years, but I used to, I mean, I used to, I grew up going to that. We, my parents would drop us off and we'd go ride the squirrel cages and the periscope or fearless wheel and everything. Yeah. We love yeah. that. So, yeah. you know, I have the same feelings about Joyland, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, school theme nights or whatever at Joyland. So I feel like we need more outdoorsy things to go do that yeah. can incorporate all ages. And, you know, what I like about the gathering place in Tulsa, it's centered on health and wellness. Yes, there's food trucks once a week that show up and pull up. However, you know, there's a lot of um, exercise being had. Sure. Right? I think yeah, that's that cool. Well, cool. we need to make a, a little family trip down there because I need to check that out. I've heard a lot of people recommend that. So I'll come back and uh, push that a little bit harder on the city officials to see if we can get yeah, something done. I'll so, you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. What does Wichita mean to you? everything it's home it's where i feel the most comfortable it's where i love to be uh, it's where i always want to come home to like i, I love which talk is we are a hub and we can fly out to a lot of places very easily um but for me it's just it's comfort it's everything yeah i agree 100 percent. i think that's been the the common theme i don't know if anyone hasn't said the word home when I ask them that. And so I, I love to hear that. I need to make a compilation of just everybody saying home. Cause it, it does. It's really cool to hear. I mean, a lot of the people, or I mean, all the people that I'm interviewing are doing really cool things or have done really cool things in Wichita. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see everybody kind of have that affinity for Wichita, whether they still live here or not. So I love to hear yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Vanessa, thank you so much for coming on. Um, where can people find your book? Where can people find you? Thank you for asking. Uh, and thank you for this time. I really appreciate it. Um, so the book is available for sale in all the independent bookstores in Wichita. Of course, you can find it everywhere books are sold. Um, a lot of the museums that are mentioned in the book are selling it in their gift shop, which I'm thankful for. Um, and you can find it at all my book signings this summer. I have multiple signings from June to August. And you just go to Facebook and look up 100 Things Wichita. That page has its own events tab. Perfect. Very cool. Awesome. Thanks again, Vanessa. Have a good one. And I'm excited to go pick up your book. 
Thank you. I'm ready to personalize it for you. Perfect. Have a good one. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wichita Life Podcast. Check us out on social media at Wichita Life ICT or our website, wichitalifeict.com. Huge thanks to Jake B for editing and producing our podcast. Have a good one and we'll see you next time. Thank you.